Hi, you're listening to Fem Pop, a pop culture podcast about what catches our eye. I'm Peggy Ray Hargarten. I'm Jennifer Wayne Scott. And welcome to the show. Today's episode is about a new Netflix show called Queer Eye. We're going to talk a lot about what it is, its origins. Jen's going to break down why do people love it, why do people hate it. And she even got me to watch it. That's right. So let's get started. Jen, tell us about this show, Queer Eye. So the Queer Eye that we're talking about today is a reboot of the original Queer Eye for the Straight Guy. Uh, Queer Eye for the Straight Guy was a Bravo television show back in uh, the early, mid-2000s when Bravo was really making a push for fashion shows, cooking shows, and uh, LGBT-friendly shows. And so... Originally, Queer Eye for the Straight Guy was five gay men going out and giving straight guys makeovers. Um, I started watching Queer Eye for the Straight Guy a few years ago when I was living in North Carolina. I was working a job in a town where I had very few, if any, friends, and I watched just about everything on Netflix um, (laughs) because Netflix was my only comfort in life and death. That's not true. That's the Lord. Uh, But I watched every season of the original Queer Eye for the Straight Guy. Okay. And I loved it. Um, I am a little bit of a sucker for makeover shows, but this was such a different show from things like What Not to Wear or Trading Spaces or any of that. Right. The thing that I originally was struck by was the fact that Queer Eye for the Straight Guy approached their... uh, their guests, their the people that they're focusing on, mm-hmm. in a more holistic manner than any makeover show I had seen up to that point. Okay, what? Tell me what you mean by holistic. When I say holistic, I don't mean like new agey with crystals and incense. <laughs> I mean it's whole in the sense that they're not just looking at their wardrobe. Okay. They're not just looking at their haircuts and appearance. They're also looking at their lifestyle. They're looking at their actual home and the space that they live and if that is conducive to their lifestyle or not. Mm-hmm. And they're looking at sort of their personal life and the habits and the trajectory of who they are and why they even want change in the first place. Yeah, wow. And the reason that that resonated with me so hard these, you know, four, five, six years ago, whenever I was originally watching it, is because I was working at the time for a Christian ministry, and I was working with college students. Mm -hmm. And the denomination that I was working in, one of the beliefs of this denomination is the belief in sanctification, Mm -hmm. which is essentially the process of God making you more holy and God calling you to be more of the person he created you to be and more in his image of likeness. Uh, for the listeners who maybe aren't as familiar with the podcast, if you haven't quite caught on yet, uh, I am a Christian. Peg is also a Christian. This show is not specifically about the Christian perspective on things, but we are two women who happen to be Christians. Yeah. And so what struck me so much was that this was a group of five gay men with all of their cliches and all of their tropes. And there were plenty of them because that was what audiences wanted. And they were going out there and they were doing things that the church should have been doing. Hmm. And they were doing it better a Hmm. lot of times. 
Mm-hmm. And this is not to say that no church has ever come and helped people flourish in holistic ways. Of course it has. Right. But I think in our culture, there's often a rut that churches get stuck into um, that makes it really difficult for them to move out into the community, move toward people, mm-hmm. and help them find flourishing in who they already are. Yeah. Um, and the new reboot, Queer Eye, they've dropped for the straight guy. Um, it's sharper. It's, it's cleaner. Yeah. So let's just it just broadens the, the horizons. Eye. You can make over anybody. It doesn't have to be just straight men. Uh, does that even? I think even better than okay. the original. Yeah. There, it's still kind of gimmicky, still has a few cliches thrown in here and there, but it's nowhere near the gimmick, trope, cliche content of the original show. Okay, yeah. Uh, and I, th- there are eight episodes that are currently on Netflix. I've seen all of them, and I think all of them do an excellent job of considering who the subject is, mm-hmm. what that subject values, and trying to move forward out of that. Mm-hmm. So one issue that I have with a lot of, like, pop culture makeover shows is that they'll, like, fly the person to New York or Chicago or Los Angeles and give them, like, $5,000 for a new closet mm-hmm. and then send them back home. And it's like, okay, now go live this new fabulous life <laughs> without any of the tools. In Dallas, Georgia. Right, 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 Without any of the tools to make it sustainable. Yeah. And the thing that I have so appreciated about Queer Eye is that they go to the homes Mm -hmm. of the people that they are working with. They go into their towns. If they're going to take them shopping, they're going to take them somewhere where these people can actually show up again and again. Mm -hmm. There's an episode later on where they're working with a father of like five or six kids. And he and his wife, like they don't have the budget to go shopping at like department stores and fancy places. Right. So they take them shopping at Target, and they take the kids along with them because they know it's not just the dad who matters. It's the whole family. Yeah. And they know that there is, like, good enough stuff at Target that is within their reach that they can bring them into flourishing and improve their quality of life in a way that's actually doable. Yeah. Long-term. Yes. Long-term. And so and watching this new reboot of this, I think the producers and the director, they have very intentionally paid attention to what audiences respond to. And a large part of that is audiences responding to people's stories. Mm-hmm. And so they take a lot of time with these five gay guys who each have like a different role. Like one is fashion. One is, you know, home decor and... Uh, Design. Design. One is culture, which is basically like a life coach, I think. Yeah, because I thought it was going to be like getting involved in stuff, but he was more like a like a counselor kind of. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just went for the heart. Exactly. And they've got people, the guy with food. So, so there's all these different areas, but there's a lot of crossover of the relational portions with each of them. Yeah. So it's like you'll see either the food guy or the design and home guy having a conversation with these men that's a deeply deeply relational conversation. Mm-hmm. And it is so striking to me because that is a vision of the way church ought to function mm. in terms of entering in relationally in every portion of a person's life and yeah. caring for them across the board, mm-hmm. not just in the 
what would be considered stereotypical spiritual ways. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, here's the thing. This show is titled Queer Eye. It stars five gay guys. It's produced out of Hollywood in 2018. They've definitely got a set vision for the message that they want to get across about homosexuality. Sure. Um, like, they're not trying to pull the wool over anyone's eyes on saying, like, here's where we stand. Right. And as a Christian, I come to a very different conclusion than they do about, like, what helps people flourish. Right. But in the very first episode, Bobby, the guy who's in charge of home and design, he talks about how people are at their core, like, fundamentally the same. Like, people are really just looking for love. Mm. And he's right. Yeah. And the conclusion that I come to on that is very different than his. Like, the conclusion that I come to is that the love that we are all looking for at our core is actually from our creator. Right. Whose image we bear, which is the ultimate love. Mm -hmm. And human love is a reflection of that. Right. And I think the show would say love anywhere that is, you know, consensual, love anywhere that is... Um, like a healthy trajectory or steady relationship, that sort of thing. Is kind of the ultimate. Right. Yeah, Mm -hmm. sure. So there's still a lot of, like, do what you want to do and you'll be fine. Mm -hmm. Like, be as free as you want and you'll be fine. Mm -hmm. So their ideas of how to flourish are different from what the Christian perspective would be. Right. But what they're doing on this show is... I especially for a makeover show. Like, this is a silly pop, like, show. Yeah, yeah. And, and it's, it's still that. There's still definite elements of, like, okay, this is ridiculous and silly. Yeah, and just that material stuff. I, I think it's just one thing that they do really well is they're trying to make the, the material world that represents this person's life they're trying to make the point that that actually reflects their inner life. Right. That reflects the deep stuff. That reflects how you see yourself. It reflects how you relate to other people. Yes. If you have a space that isn't conducive to having guests, nobody wants to come to your house. Mm-hmm. If you don't take care of your body and the way you look, you probably don't care about yourself. Mm-hmm. And they, I just think they did such a great job of giving, I mean, in the episode that I saw, giving this guy, Tom, confidence, Mm -hmm. encouraging him to take care of himself, to love himself, not to over-love himself and indulge and be completely self-absorbed, but to comb his hair. To just care for himself. Yeah. And the thing that this reboot does even better than the first one, first iteration, which they also did well, was... This reboot does an incredible job of being kind. Hmm. I think it's really easy in makeover shows um, to pick fun at the subjects you're working with. Sure. And to try to, like, shame them into change. Mm. And, like, we do that in our own personal lives, too. And I think that the church in some areas of the world has tried that. Mm -hmm. And this show does an incredible job of just being kind Mm -hmm. and drawing people to change by their kindness, which as Christians, like we talk about like the kindness of God is meant to draw you to repentance. Yeah. Like the kindness of God is what draws you to change and flourishing. Right. 
And so even and though... And an actual sustainable change. Yes, yes. Shaming someone will make them change for a short time. For a short time. And it will actually leave them more broken after that short time is over. Mm-hmm. And so, like, these guys are about as far away from a Christian belief system as you can get in the way they're operating. I know at least one of them was brought up in a church. It sounds like the church background is fairly different from the one that I uh, currently find myself in. But they're onto something mm-hmm. and they are tapping into humanity in a very real way. And they are hitting on God's creative reality, whether they realize it or not. Yeah. And so it's like this silly Netflix show about a bunch of gay guys giving makeovers is hitting me deep in my core. Yeah. And like makes me cry tears of joy. Mm-hmm. And so I finally, y'all, I finally got pegged to watch an episode of it. Yeah. I, I don't watch makeover shows. I mean, I mean, not. I'm not like against other people watching that. I do, I don't want to. Yeah, it's not it. your thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. So she's seen the first episode. Peg, I I actually, y'all, I haven't heard any of Peg's thoughts, so I'm like real nervous right now <laughs> about what she thinks. So Peg, tell us, tell us about your experience with the show. Um, it's. I definitely resonate with with the things that you're saying. And and as I mentioned before, I I see there's some real beauty in how these guys are relating to the person they're giving a makeover to. And they create a relationship, um, and they care about this Mm. person. And you can tell. Mm -hmm. They care about this person, and it's really beautiful to see how they move towards him. Yeah. And that would actually make me want to watch the show again. I don't want to watch the show again, but I definitely connected and resonated with and I just I celebrate anything that invites people to reflect and to move towards more of who they really want to be. Mm-hmm. Because I do feel that so many of us, myself included, just get into the monotony of life and we're just going, 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 and we never step back to see, like, what am I even right. doing? Right. Um, and I and I celebrate anything that, say, that says, like, your heart matters mm-hmm. and let's talk about it. Amen. I mean, that's just incredible. So I... I definitely, you know, it was, the, it's the whole reality TV thing. Right. It's, it's can, it can be a little, it's annoying because it's staged, but it's supposed to be real. So that, mm-hmm. I didn't feel that strongly, but that's just sort of a, you know, I don't love reality TV. Um, but... I definitely laughed a few times. I, I will I will say I laughed a few times. I I really appreciate what you're saying in your perspective and I and I do think that the stories drew me in and it was inspiring to myself and to think about my own life. And um the funny thing is I well, first of all, when I was in college, my roommate, Amber took photos of me behind my back and sent them into what not to wear. What? So. Are you serious? It could have been me. It could have been you. Maybe not on Queer Eye, but I definitely have 
I am pro- have especially when I was growing up would be have probably been a great candidate for a show like this. Just not ca- taking care of myself, don't care about my looks. Still I have a hard time remembering to brush my hair, you know. Usually I'm just at home with the baby, but sometimes I get out in public, look in the mirror, dear Lord, what has happened? You know, so I definitely, I I appreciate and relate to the need for people to affirm you that you matter and that you are worth taking care of. Mm-hmm. And that has, I've had people in my life who have done that for me on just an individual personal level and who have really taught me to care for myself and that it's a reflection of how I feel on the inside. And so I think maybe even my aversion to makeover shows is sort of like, I need the makeover shows. It's like, too close to it's home. It's a little too close to home. Yeah. Um, but then even living in Latin America changed my perspective a lot on your appearance and people in Latin America take their appearance very seriously and they it's a sign of respect for others when you get dressed mm. up and when you take care of yourself. And if you just meet a friend and you're in sweats and haven't brushed your hair, it's kind of like, what does that say? What are you trying to say about me? I'm not really worth your time. And um, so I think I've been through a little bit of, the, of, of that transformation and still, you know, maybe on the path. I wouldn't say... Well, and there's also something special about being, like, I feel special whenever I come over and you are in that state because it tells me, like, you're comfortable enough with me and we're close enough, like, that you don't have to put on a show. So there's that sort of flip side of the coin, too. But you're right. If, like, the way that you move through the world at large is in a state of disarray, Mm -hmm. that does speak to what's going on internally. Yeah. And the sense of... Well, I guess in order to be worthwhile, I have to clean up. Yeah. And this show is saying you are worthwhile and you're worth. And so we're going to clean you up so you that reflects it. Yeah. And I, I just loved it. You know, in this episode I saw this guy, Tom, you know, he gets his hair cut and he just He's so happy. Oh, yeah. He gets a new hat. He's so happy. His, like, demeanor totally changes. Oh, and he loves it. And you can tell that there was something inside of him that he would have, he loved this. Mm -hmm. He wants to be able to be creative. He wants to be able to take care of himself to try to look good. But he felt ugly. Mm -hmm. He didn't feel like he was worth Mm -hmm. trying. And these guys really gave him that ability. Yeah. To, hey, you can prioritize yourself. You're not you're not trying to make yourself look good so that everyone thinks you look good. No, you are, you are taking care of yourself because you're worth it. Yeah, you're putting sunscreen on your face because you have lupus. Yeah, poor and that's baby. a way to care for yourself. Yes, like not to make you the most dashing man on the planet so you can show everybody how good you are. Yes, but just like. Like, your skin is going through a lot, and your body is serving you really well, and it's okay to care for it. hmm And, I mean, here's the thing. I think it would be really easy on a show like this to l- focus in on the things that, like, 
cause me hesitation and that I think are negative or not good about the show. Mm-hmm. Because I think it can be a very polarizing show. Sure. And there's stuff about it that I don't like. Yeah. And so I don't want to pretend that I'm just like 100% like everything about this show is perfect mm-hmm. and cool and fly. Yeah. That's not the case. But Christians can often be uh, overly critical about content that comes from the gay community. Mm-hmm. And I think it's really important to look at like what what good, beautiful reflections of God and his universe are being reflected by this community. Yeah, before we even look at like what's critiquing wrong with it. it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because every person is made in the image of God. Mm-hmm. and every person, is able to not only reflect God in relationship like God wants with us, but also reflect God by being a little creator and yes. creating in their little space. And yes. So these guys are like, one of them's good at cooking and one, you know, mm-hmm. and they're little creators and they're shining their light that God made them to shine mm-hmm. in a really beautiful way. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I totally agree. And I think... I think it's a really worthwhile show. Mm-hmm. I, I really do. Especially if you're into that kind of thing. Yes. It's kind of, it's like the this is us of, <laughs> of makeover shows. Of reality TV show Of re- all reality TV. Yes. I mean. Yes, yes. <laughs> I'm, I know I, sh- I know the show's not about this is us, but I'm still in the middle of this is us. Everything's about this it's is us. It's rocking my world. It took it to the next level. It took it deep. And I think these guys are doing the same thing. Mm-hmm. I agree. Cool. Tons of good TV out there, folks. Don't waste your life not watching TV. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Oh, Get geez. on your TVs tonight. Lord help us. Okay, so... That's all we've got for today, but before we finish up, Jen, what's caught your eye lately? So I have recently been reading a book called The Alice Network. It's by Kate Quinn. And it is a novel about two different storylines. One that takes place in uh, the First World War in France. The second that takes place in England and France uh, just after the Second World War. And it's essentially about a woman who was a spy in World War One, And then it picks up with a second woman who encounters her many years later, just after World War Two. Hmm. Um, I'm not going to say any more because I don't want to spoil it. Okay. But Lady Spies, International Wars, it's all good. Yeah. Awesome. And I've started rewatching The Office. Because sometimes you just have to. Sometimes you just have to. It's so soothing. Yeah. I, lately, this weekend, went to a very interesting party. Hmm. It's basically like a normal party where everyone has little snacks and little drinks, but then... A few people tell stories, true, real stories from their own lives. And then there's a little break where you get more snacks and go to the bathroom and have chats and mingle, which I realize some people hate mingling. I love mingling. It's one of my favorite things on this planet. But, you know, if you hate mingling, you can always just sit down and not talk to anyone. Mm -hmm. That's the good thing about mingling. You get to do whatever you want. That's right. So then... You go back and a few more people tell stories. And it's just incredible. And it's this really different, beautiful, fun event. And I actually told a story. And 
a handful of others did too. And in fact, Jen created and started this whole event and runs it. And we meant to talk to talk about it before, but I just wanted to throw it out there that if you have never heard of this and you're in St. Louis, you need to get connected to these storytelling parties because they're really fun and get the juices flowing and connect people and Oh, thanks, Peg. We're gonna we're definitely gonna post uh, the link to the website and a- anything we'll... else moving forward. We actually have the the stories recorded, right? We do. I'm currently attempting to edit them uh, because they're all in like one giant recorded chunk. Oh, I see. So I'm gonna chop them into the length of each story so we can post them without you know the giant file destroying the computer. Sure, mm-hmm. sure. But uh. That's all for this week. You've been listening to Fem Pop. It's a pop culture podcast about what catches our eye. We'll see you next week. I'm Peggy. I'm Jennifer. Thanks for listening.